reborn out of disaster, four survivors rose again to form a legion of the world's strangest heroes. Da-da-da-doom Patrol! And this week we are looking at Doom Patrol number 30 from March 1990. Ooh, in the 90s. In the 90s, that's right. Grant Morrison, regular artist guy. Richard Case. <laughs> Richard Case, yeah, yeah, him. <laughs> Probably John Nyberg. Totally. John yeah, Nyberg, they're all there. Yes. All wrapped up in a cover by Simon Bisley. Mm-hmm. Cliff duking it out with a big horny monster. It's almost like a Yeti, but with like big ram horns. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like the Wampa. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. Big sharp There's teeth. Some, uh, crossover fiction for you. Doom Patrol versus Star Wars. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Yes. Oh, yeah, it's right there on the cover. Richard Case, John Nyberg, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You just gotta look. <laughs> it helps. And when you're in, when you're perusing comics, it helps very much if you look at them totally, directly. At totally. Them. <laughs> we heartily recommend it here at the Doom Patrol headquarters. That's right. That is right. All right, let's dive in there. We have oh, we have a little memoriam to CC Beck. Oh, yes. Oh, he passed away. C.C. Beck, of course, created Captain Marvel. Oh, he's not called that anymore. Shazam, <laughs> if you will. Now he's called Shazam. We're yeah. going to be sued. <laughs> We're not going to be sued. No one listens to this. <laughs> yes, look at that. He passed away November 22nd, 1989. Oh. There you go. All righty. Forward out for old C.C. Beck. I nice chocolate. Right. That's right. Totally chocolate milk. <laughs> All righty. So we've got, uh, looks like Cliff has got his uh, leather jacket and stuff hung up. And he's uh, perhaps hanging out in the Doom Patrol headquarters there. And we've got a little brain monitor doing its bloopity bloop. And a panel of jigsaw puzzles kind of falling through space. And then Cliff says, I hope this is going to work. And we turn the page and we find he's lying down on a uh, medical examining table, I guess, surrounded by various folks. Well, you got the chief, you got uh, Josh, and I would imagine Rebus is around somewhere too. Yes, Rebus is floating there. And then over on another table, we've got Crazy Jane, who did not come out of the... uh, Brotherhood of Dada adventure very well. She's in a in a coma in a what do they say a cataleptic state. Deep cataleptic state. Yes. That's not good. No. No. So they say it's our last chance. You said it yourself, Cliff. It's been a week now since Jane's confrontation with the fifth horseman and her condition hasn't improved. And Cliff says, I know, I just don't know if we'll be able to get into her mind. And Rebus says, entering Jane's psychescape is simple. I can only go so far, however, before I encounter defensive barriers. Jane's has entered a deep catalytic 
cataleptic state. Whatever happened when she destroyed the fifth horseman has resulted in complete withdrawal. She's retreated into her mind where it's safe. I can open the door, but only you can go inside, Cliff. You are the only one she trusts. I can't pretend it won't be highly dangerous. <laughs> now he tells me. Just get me in there, Larry, before I change my mind. And at that point, uh, we see that Cliff's uh, head casing has been removed and his brain is out there in the open. Mm -hmm. Best not talk now, says the chief. I'm about to disconnect your brain. You might experience a moment of ego loss. Ready? Now. And they take Cliff's brain and they put it into a little uh, brain machine. That's right, into a jar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, then Rebus does her thing. Uh, the chief says he sees nothing, hears nothing, experiences nothing. Total sensory deprivation. Pure mind. And Rebus kind of... <laughs> the chief is so jealous right now. <laughs> totally. <laughs> oh, if only I didn't have to hear things and feel things. Oh, I could think so good. <laughs> totally. Ah, oh, you're right. Alrighty, so Rebus takes uh, Crazy Jane's hand and he puts his hand inside the brain jar and gets a good grab on the brain there. Yeah. <laughs> Feeling up Cliff's brain. Alrighty. Didn't even buy him dinner first. That's right. No dinner, no movie. Just right smash in there. Right to the brain grabbing. <laughs> I shall be a psychic conduit. I shall lead Cliff to the borders of the underworld. Shh, shh, wait. Yes. I feel him racing through me. Coded electricity. Yes. I think he's in. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> yes, yes. Wow. I'm sure he's in. And we flip the page and we get, this is really cool. We get uh, an image of Cliff as he sees himself, I guess, kind of dropping down onto a, a, it's like a big subway train station map. Something you'd see in London, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like the underground, which is, of course, what they're calling it, I think. Yes. And it's all kind of interconnected and we get all the, or we get a whole bunch of the uh, various personalities of Crazy Jane listed on the underground and where they, where they're located. Mm -hmm. It's kind of cool. Some of them we've seen. No, like Black Annis. Yes. Which is the big crazy claw thing that she turns <laughs> into. Yes. Uh, Rain Brain's there. Flaming Katie is the one where she starts on fire and just starts shooting stuff around. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, there's a whole there's a whole listing of them there. It's cool. The Weird Sisters, Jill and Irons, the Signal Man, Sun Eater. Ooh, the Legion. <laughs> then there's just Andrew. Just <laughs> hanging out. That's right. Just hanging out in the underground there. Alrighty, so it's kind of a cool way to lay out all the uh, characters. Uh, Rebus says, luminous handwriting scribbled across the darkness. Polyphonic voices. Cliff? Cliff says, I'm in. I don't understand it. This space. But I'm in. I must be. Oh, God, I'm falling. I'm rain. Man, that's a hard rain to fall. <laughs> totally. Hold your consciousness together, Cliff. The fall will soon be over. I can feel the barriers going down. There's a map in my head, all lit up like neon. A map. I'm falling into the map. I can't go any further, Cliff. That's it. You're on your own. 
And then Cliff pops right into the map. And it is. It's like a little subway station, all dirty and grungy and empty at the moment. With uh, <laughs> some lovely little advertisements. What do we got there? Kill us now before the rain. <laughs> <laughs> the telephone that wept. Some sort of dress. The dress of the invisible Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> ah, yes. Excellent. Anyway, Cliff starts... down here, that's for sure. It is a little. Totally. Cliff starts wandering, and he meets the... Uh, I was going to say the conductor. It's driver eight. Mm-hmm. He welcomes Cliff. Glad you can make it. Welcome to the underground. We have serious problems here. Cliff, there's been a lot of damage. The engineer and the point man are doing what they can, but it's complete chaos. The experience with the fifth horseman almost destroyed the underground. A normal mine would have been smashed beyond repair. As it is, the shockwaves have damaged stations on almost every level. Not only that, but the hierarchy of the underground has been disturbed. That's why the woman is cataleptic. No one down here wants to take control anymore in case they get hurt. The woman. <laughs> I guess she's... Yeah, I, that's kind of cool how they'd see her, right? Like, she's she's the body. She's just the, uh, yeah. the host. <laughs> we don't have an easy job ahead of us, Cliff, but thanks for trying. Well, you know me. Any dumb thing for a laugh. <laughs> and they're like, yep, well, let's go. And they hop on one of the subway cars and go zipping through... We get another little image of the falling jigsaw puzzle, which Cliff, I guess, comments on. I keep getting weird flashes, images. And Cliff's told it's psychic fallout from K5. She was the first of us, the one who endured the first abuse. Those tremors are still resonating. K? That's Jane's real name, right? K Chalice? Crazy Jane's only one of the selves who keep the woman functioning. As for Kay, she hasn't really existed since she was five years old. She's asleep in one of the deep stations. I don't know much about what happened to her. I didn't come along until later when the underground had grown big enough to need a coordinator. Cliff's like, this is really hard to understand. (laughs) Yeah. Like I said, the Jane self was badly hurt by the horseman. I think she intends to destroy herself and leave the rest of us trapped in a useless body. I think she's gone to the well. Dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. Not the well. The well. Ooh, and then we get an ad for Batman Digital Justice. Oh, uh, yes, Digital Justice. <laughs> <laughs> Whoop. Hey, hey, Marino, look at you go. Yeah, yeah. Was, was this like the first? This was, I think this was like the second one. I think the first one was the, the Iron Man one. Oh, okay, okay. And, and it's one that they did. Right. But I think this is the first one that, that DC did. Oh, computer. The cutting edge of computer technology. The latest advances in 3D imaging. Wow. <laughs> lifelike. <laughs> oh, wow. Really? Lifelike. Your life is life? <laughs> That's a scary life, man. However. But, I mean, hey, it was, this is the 1990, so. That's right. It's the beginning. Take it with the, in consideration of the, the era in which it was produced. It's, it is pretty impressive. Totally. But it really doesn't stand up today. It probably does not. <laughs> Alrighty. We're not going to be seeing like 28th anniversary issues of Digital Justice. No, I don't think so. No. <laughs> it's an artifact of its time. That's right. 
All right, so the subway car keeps zooming along, and we're seeing debris scattered throughout the uh, subway. Little broken toys and all sorts, all sorts of, of bric-a-brac. Yes, that's right. And anyway, Cliff says the what the well. Yes, no one likes to talk about it. It's down on the low-level line, a terrible place. They say it leads into a buried and forgotten section of the underground. No one's been down there since Miranda destroyed herself two years ago at Easter time. The underground barely survived. If Jane goes into the well, we're finished. So, what are we doing here, says Cliff. This is Jane's station. This is where she lives when one of the other passengers is on the surface. I thought we had to check, you know, just in case. And this happens to it's it's got the same sort of bric-a-brac, but it's it's a little neater. It's not it hasn't been destroyed yet. Everything's kind of piled up and mm-hmm. and uh, Cliff says, "What about that way?" No, she's not here. I was right the first time. Come on, we're going down. You must understand, Cliff. The woman could have killed herself or gone mad. Instead, she survived by creating other selves to bear her childhood trauma. When something bad happens, she was able to withdraw and allow one of the others to deal with it. It still works that way. We all have our own specific functions and we evidence ourselves in response to the woman's need. If she wants to express her artistic nature, the hangman's beautiful daughter will manifest herself. If hostility is required, Hammerhead takes over. Some of the selves exist only to bear pain. They live away from the main line so that we can't hear them screaming. (laughs) There's, yeah, yeah. Their sacrifice enables the rest of us to maintain the smooth running of the underground. Still, it's neat. You can tell Morrison's totally put a lot of thought into it. It's it's not just that she's got well, multiple he personalities. hugely influenced by uh, the book When Rabbit Howls. Right, right, right. About that, that multiple personality case. Yeah. And it was explained in, in a somewhat similar way. It didn't have the underground motif, like the subway motif, but right. uh, it, did a, it, did, it did go and uh, explain how multiple personality can manifest itself uh, due to trauma and whatnot. It's cool. It's it's amazing to think that uh, the mind can do all that. Mm, well, I mean, we're tougher than we think sometimes. Totally. Totally. And Jane, she's totally tough. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, that's how the woman continues to function. Before you met her, she had a job. Did you know that? She worked as a graphic designer in Metropolis. <laughs> her name was Miranda. And then something bad happened. In a church at Easter, it all came back. A lamb bleeding, sweating, hairy flesh. Mm. She remembered... No. (laughs) That sounds terrible. Mm. She remembered things she wasn't supposed to remember. Awful things. Miranda destroyed herself in the well, and the underground suffered terrible damage. And uh, we can see we're starting to get deeper into the underground. We've got images of people being hung from the... Steel ceiling like little uh, stalactites. <laughs> Passing a Jesus there. Yes, yes. Up on the cross. Right, 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 right. Shortly afterwards, the woman signed herself into a hospital where she met you and... Oh, Cliff, the next station. Cover your eyes. Whatever you do, don't look. What do you mean? I cover your eyes. And uh, he's like, oh my God, what's that noise? Don't look. It's Miranda Station. What's left of it? Just don't look. And we see Driver 8's eyes are wide and horrified. And they make it through. It's all right now. We're through. 
We'll have to stop here and continue on foot. The tunnels ahead are blocked by debris. We'll use the maintenance shafts. And uh, we hear in the background, the moon, forgetful now, shines through my skin. Cliff, of course, asks, what's that? And we turn the page and we see someone sitting cross-legged and that person saying, I've become thin as papers, shadowless. Blind nerves deny me again, their electricity gone at the root. And Driver 8 says, that's only Sylvia. When the woman was 14, Sylvia emerged to handle her feelings of claustrophobia and despair. Sylvia wants to be a poet. A life diminished to this white room, these walls, plants, letters, blackbirds tacked on a yellow winter sky. All she can ever compose are fragments, random lines. She's convinced that if she can somehow put the pieces together, the finished poem will become a key and she'll escape from her room. The tang of candle smoke, amnesiac hiss of gas jets. Soon the surgeon will come, walking on blades, spider gloves, twitching in light gone stale. The mirror is sick with futures. And Driver 8 just kind of walks away. Poor Sylvia. And Cliff. <laughs> he's got a very concerned look on his face. Yeah, he's like, yeah. <laughs> However, they keep on moving. They crawl down some of the ladders, get deeper and deeper into the underground. Uh, let me see. Driver 8 is reading a poem or reciting one. That crazed girl improvising her music, her poetry. Dancing upon the shore, her soul in division from itself, climbing, falling, she knew not where, hiding amid the cargo of a steamship, her kneecap broken, that girl, I declare, a beautiful, lofty thing, or a thing heroically lost, heroically found. Cliff, however, is not up on his poetry. He's <laughs> like, what? Yeats wrote that. He wrote the Crazy Jane poems, too. Jane took her name from the painting by Richard Dodd. Dad? Dodd. Yeah, we'll go with that. Victorian artist, schizophrenic, killed his father. A lot of people down here can identify with him. <laughs> Not her, though. That's Baby Doll. Wouldn't hurt a fly. And we're in a big, big kind of opulent room with uh, lots of curtains and stuffed animals and yeah. bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> and a cute little blonde girl holding a little blonde doll. And she's... She's just lovely, lovely. Everything is lovely. Isn't it lovely? And they move on. Move away from little baby doll. Uh, and they're in a, a big empty cavern. Well, sort of empty. There's lots of skulls hanging around the ground. <laughs> Whoever lives down here should sue their decorator. Place smells like a... Are those skulls? <laughs> It's like a casting call for the role of Yorick, huh? Bad news. Did you hear a noise? Like knives? It's her, grinding her teeth. Black Annis. Here come two who shan't escape me, and we see Black Annis and her claws are all out, and... Bloody. End of the line, she says. Wolverine claws. Yeah, totally. What's <laughs> all? Uh, Cliff's like, what are you talking about? You've got to let us through. Jane's down there somewhere. Cliff, come back. Little man, you're all the same. We should never have trusted you. All men are the same. I'll open you like an old tin can. Cliff's like, no, wait. And then she says, see, and she slashes through him. Lots of electricity flapping around. 
see, that's how easy it is. Men, they think they're so hard. They think they're so hard, but they tear open like tissue paper. You're all the same. Haven't you heard her enough? I won't let you near her. I won't let you touch her. I'll tear you to ribbons. It won't be like before. Not ever again. And we get a flashback, and we start to see where some of these uh, puzzle pieces have come from. We see a little girl. She's putting a puzzle together, and she looks up, and we hear someone call her baby. She, however, does not look very pleased about it. No. No. It's neat, though. The penciling here is a little... Is I'm, I'm assuming it's the penciling that's a little different. Yeah, it looks like he went into, into a full... Uh, he's doing full rendition mm-hmm. the penciling, and then doesn't, doesn't look like there was any inking in that panel. Yeah, no, it, it just looks like a color wash over top of it. It's, yeah. It's effective. Quite good. Mm-hmm. Cliff says he's right. We don't want to hurt her. You have to let us. Shut up, Judas bitch. We're outnumbered, see? Or you're outnumbered. <laughs> yeah, see? Yeah, yeah, we can't go here, see? Yeah. <laughs> totally, and we get a whole panel full of various personalities. Which is very cool. It is. It is, it is. Hopefully we will get to see some of them as the years go on. Yes. Oh. Well, they rarely actually manifest themselves in like costumes and whatnot. So, Black Annis does because she's very, she's a very different looking person. But oftentimes, she, I think uh, Jane just sort of manifests the powers without actually taking the outward appearance. Right, right, right. But down here in the underground, they can, they can have their, their look. Like the nun with the chainsaw. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> totally. That's what every nun needs. Yeah, bro. <laughs> All right. It's best if she goes into the well. It's for the best. We all deserve to die. We do. We deserve to be punished for the filthy things we've done. And this cute little blonde thing says, ah, give it a rest. (laughs) (laughs) And Driver 8 says, listen, we can't all stand here arguing. Crazy Jane's in danger. The woman's in danger. We're all in danger. Whose side are you on, says one of the personalities. If we let him through, (laughs) it'll just cause more trouble. Never trust a man. I'll geld them all. With my own teeth, I'll do it. Youch. Listen to me, says Cliff. I'm not a man. Not anymore. I'm not a man, okay? It was all burned or ripped away or amputated. All they left was a brain. He starts taking off his clothes. Yes. He's doing the old Chippendales. You know, uh, <laughs> and takes them into letting him through, I guess. That's right. <laughs> There's no need for this display. It simply can't be done. It's too dangerous. Look, says Flit. It's Lady Purple. Look. Flit's the uh, teleportation personality. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to hurt Jane. I don't want to hurt any of you. I have to go in there. Please, I have to find her. See, I told you. It's Lady Purple, says Flit. Is she going to speak? She's never spoken before, says this flaming personality. Already. Yes. Oh, yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Look at me, let me through. I'm not a man. And Cliff is there, all exposed and robot-y. And Lady Purple says, Yes, let him through alone. And dun, 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 dun. he goes down. Down where the shapeless children huddle in filthy wet cellars. And we get someone all huddled up saying, Daddy, don't do it, Daddy, don't, it hurts. And he keeps going down where Butterfly Baby screams without end in the torture vaults. Eek. Yeah. <laughs> down into the suffocating, screaming dark. 
And he finally finds Jane, and she's right on the edge of the well. Jane, he says, don't say a word. Don't tell. You're dirty. Don't say. And we get a flashback of uh, Crazy Jane's daddy. Baby, come on, baby. Daddy's here. I haven't finished. My jigsaw, she says. I haven't. It's a big dude in, like, overalls. Yes. Made even bigger by her imagination there, her remembrances. Don't tell. You're a wicked little slut. And you won't tell or they'll put you in a home. And Cliff comes running up to her as she teeters on the edge there. Uh, and Jane has a memory and, and her dad says, Jigsaw, Jigsaw. And it, it's obvious he kind of throws the Jigsaw aside. Baby lamb, baby lamb, he says. And Jane is right on the edge. Don't tell. Ding dong dell. Pussy's in the... And she's about to fall in. When Cliff reaches her, he grabs her. She screams, no. He's like, come on, it's going to be okay. Jane, it's okay. We're going home. Jane is having none of it. No, he says, I've got to come with him. He says, and you have to, no matter how big you get. He's bigger. Cliff's like, who's bigger? He is, he is. And crawling up out of the well, we get uh, a monstrous image of uh, what she imagines her dad to be like. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's fall in love. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Lovely. And uh, outside in Doom Patrol land, we see that uh, Jane's brainwaves are getting jumpy. Yes. Josh is like, what's happening? What's happening in there? And we get another image of, of her father, and he's like, oh, he's gross. <laughs> Big and hairy and covered in bugs and pointy teeth and oh, yeah. broken fingernails. Wow. Baby, baby lamb, bite your pretty red heart in two. And Cliff's like, Jane, that's your voice. It's your voice. Uh, get back, for God's sake, get back. You can't fight him. You have to do what he says. You can't fight daddy. Cliff, however, figures he can because <laughs> that's Cliff's answer for everything. That's Punch right. it. Punch it. Okay, you ugly bastard. Take me. Take me instead of her, you bastard. And, of course, he gets grabbed. And uh, Jane's dad is about to eat him. <laughs> it's like a great big oh, giant. Fun. He's doing the uh, Jack the uh, Jack and the Beanstalk giant thing. And Jane is uh, terrified that Cliff is going to get chomped to bits. No, no, she says, don't hurt him, Daddy. Don't, not him. And we see, oh, he's actually munching on Cliff. And there's like, his legs off. <laughs> there's electricity crackling all over the place. Jane, however, realizes that this is not what she wants. Everything. You heard everything. I don't have to. Everything. Daddy, 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 I hate you. And we see she finds her backbone and she fights him off. She goes uh, crazy mad there. I hate you, filthy. You filthy, ugly bastard. I'm not afraid of you. I hate you. And she starts pounding on him. And as she pounds him, he turns into jigsaw pieces and falls to the ground. Well, Cliff also falls to the ground. <laughs> She's had a breakthrough. Yep, yep, yep. Hey, you, hate you, hate you. And we see her eyes are super wide and she finally wakes up on the operating table. We get, the we get the lost open there. Yes. Yeah, totally. <laughs> mm. That's Just right. Just a big close-up panel of the eyeball, and then she's awake. Yeah. 
Josh rushes over to her. He's like, it's Josh. What's going on? What's, what's, it's okay. And she's like, oh God, oh God, oh God. And Josh says, she's fully conscious. I think she's okay. What about Cliff? Is Cliff? And Rebus says, nothing. There's nothing. Cliff? Cliff, are you there? Cliff? Uh-oh. And... Oh, another cliffhanger. <laughs> no, no sooner do we get one troll member back, but another one is lost. Another one is lost. Boom, boom, boom. Dun, dun, dun. Yes, Rebus, however, is keeping in connect with the uh, brain there. Yep. So we'll see what happens next issue, I guess. Totally. Totally. This is one of my favorite issues. It's such... It's, Again, I, I did. I read the book by uh, Trudy Chase. Uh, oh, very cool! And it, it, it's a very, it's a fascinating book. Like, did you read it after Doom Patrol stuff? Like, it, um, as I recall, yes, because I, I remember reading, reading him writing an essay or something about it and right. talking about the book. So I was like, "Oh, I got to read that. I got to go check it out." Yeah, very cool. I've always had an interest in crazy people, so I wanted to nice I'll check that out. Yeah, no, this is... Oh, yeah, I heartily recommend it. It's very... It's a moving, moving book. And it's it's a really great testament to how strong people can be and how the the lengths that people will go to to adapt to horrible, horrible situations. Right. Yes. And, oh, and it all works. Like, he makes it work really well, and he makes it work within the context of... Oh, yeah. For me, Crazy Jane is probably the best comic book character created in the last 30 years. Yeah, she's... uh, she is pretty cool. She was just uh, so good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so different from everything else that we had seen up to that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is almost the end of the first year of Doom Patrol, I think. 19... Yeah, it should 29. be. Yeah, we're getting close. So in that first year... is the, the first year. Yeah, so he... Uh, he has introduced us to Jane and set her on her path and made her a little bit stronger. And here's where we start seeing the the, the relationship between her and Cliff really start to blossom and, and grow into a real, you know, the, the, the fact that they trust each other implicitly. And yes. Cliff really cares about her and she trusts him as this, like the only guy who can never screw her around because he doesn't have any junk or whatever. So. Right. <laughs> Oh, I never noticed. Has she always had this sort of jigsaw pattern on her pants before? Um, I'm not sure if it was there from the beginning, but it was definitely adopted early on. That's cool. There. I think actually it was. It was there and you just didn't, it was really subtle, so you didn't notice because it was just like a pair of tights, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Underneath this big black coat that she wears. Yes. So Very cool. It was the 90s, you know, so it was all big black coats and <laughs> big huge boots and stuff, so. Exactly. Which, I mean, it's a look I like, so. Very cool. Excellent. We've got... We're really getting into it now. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, he's yeah. kind of set set, uh, set the pieces on the uh, playing board, and we've explored them all, and now, now we're going to dive into it. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Excellent. Nothing too exciting in the letters page. It's all jibber-jabber about the Brotherhood of Dada. People seem to enjoy it. Well, of course. Of course they do. There's nothing not to like about the Brotherhood of Dada. Yes. Yes. And it's kept mostly to letters without a whole lot of editorial 
yeah. jibber jabber this time around. Oh yeah, the Doom Patrol letters pages were really good. Hmm. Definitely one of the one. There wasn't a lot of super crazy debate, but there was just a lot of weird letters. It, it inspired a lot of weird letters. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Everybody trying to do their grant, best grantiness. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Alrighty. Well, that is it. That yes. brings us to the end. Excellent. If you want to jibber-jabber about it as well, you can send us an email. Our email address is doompodtroll at gmail.com. Or you can go visit us on our website, which is also doompodtroll.com. All the episodes are there, and you can comment on each and every one of them. Totally. And you can comment as yourself or any of your multiple personalities. That's true. We, we do not, uh, <laughs> we have no prejudice against multiple personalities. That's right. We won't filter out any of your, uh, any of your alters. <laughs> exactly. Alrighty. We will see you all next week. Bye-bye.